men do not think their way into new ways of acting. And they're going to repeat all the right phrases, right? What am I supposed to say? Right now, what's popular, I'm supposed to say, stay hard. I'm supposed to say, discipline equals freedom. And as long as I tell somebody else that every single day, man, I'm kicking ass. Cool, man. What did you actually do, right? So we're not designed to think our way into new ways of acting. We are designed to act our ways into new ways of thinking. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. What's up, listeners? Super excited as always. And I have Matt Baudreau with me today. He is actually this guy just does a lot of stuff. And I've had an incredible time getting to know him in just the short period that periods that we've talked. Uh, there's a lot of alignment. We're going to talk about some really cool things. You are going to enjoy this. So welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. And that's a good, it's about as good a description as I can give too. I just do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, instead of trying to like, uh, you know, butcher it and read or, or say, well, he knows this and this and this. I think it's just better coming straight from your mouth because when I've talked to you, what was it a week, a week or two ago, I was in Montana, but we chatted and I was, I was like, Oh Matt, you got a lot going on and you've done some really, really cool stuff. And so, so uh, I've been, I've been looking forward to this one. And, uh, the only, the only thing that could go wrong is that, you know, I don't ask good questions. So here we go. <laughs> In my case, I'm worried 0%, man. No, it's been great. I think you and I have a lot of alignment and a lot of things and, you know, good people connecting with other good people for good things. I don't think is, is, is ever a, a negative. So I'm excited about it. No, sir. The one thing I, I do want to, I would want to let you do is I was introduced to you by a friend of mine, Christian, who I met through another friend of mine, Kurt Storing, and, and, uh, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride being kind of like watching Christian go from, you know, engaging in this men's thing, all these things out there and talking about all these different guys. He's really kind of like immersed himself in all sorts of things, but then he kind of like, you know, kind of floated to the top and, and he started talking about Apogee, 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 Apogee. I'm like, okay, all right, something here really hit. And that, that was, uh, then he made the introduction. I was excited about it. So tell us a little bit about what you do. And I know it's, that's a huge question. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. No, but I appreciate that though. And, and definitely shout out to Christian. He's an, he's an amazing human. Kurt Storing as well, man. Um, another mutual friend. There's so many good humans out there, you know, and, and that's really what we're doing is, is connecting so many good people. We hear about all the bad stuff all the time. We hear about all the bad people, man. There's so many more good people than bad. Um, and we're unifying good people. And, and really what we say is we're reseeding a free society through education for the entire family. So mm. what that means to us is we've got a, a multiple projects, but they're all the same hand. It's just different fingers on that hand. So we have got, you know, the young men's program. We have a young men's mentorship program that uh, there's nothing else like it uh, out there. We've got, it's a 12 month program and these young men are taking on projects and challenges and readings and workouts uh, and they're in a private community where we're collaborating. But then every week, you know, they're sitting down and they're talking to whoever the guest mentor is. It's Andy Frazella or it's, you know, Alex Hormozzi or it's Brian Callen or it's Patrick Bet David or it's, you know, I mean, they're just, we're getting the best of the best in front of these guys. Do they have any clue no, the zero. opportunity that it's but in front no of them? Way. There's no way for them to know that yet, right? Like they can intellectually get it, but they don't emotionally understand yet. And that's okay. <laughs> That's those okay. names, those names you just dropped, like if I could have 15 minutes with Alex Hermosi or Patrick Pet David or any of these guys, I'm like, right. What? what? 
right? So no, they have no idea the value. And that is, it truly is okay. Yeah. Uh, because they will 10 years from now, 15 years from now, right? And I've been in education long enough that I know that happens even in, in far less cool environments than that. I get the people that reach out and they're like, you might not even remember me, but I had my first kid and I named my kid after you. And I'm like, what? Yep. You know, and like you were a student of mine 18 years ago. Like I know they'll figure it out and that's fine. So, you know, they're engaged in that. We've got a men's program. Christian is, is part of our very first class there. Um, the men's program is very much the same thing. It's these same guys that are sitting down in front. But what the men have found out really quickly is that that's the bait and switch of our program. Because if you go poll any of them now, and there's a few hundred of them globally, they will tell you, uh, universally, they'll tell you, yeah, man, it's really cool talking to the mentors. Also, the projects and the challenges, the work we're doing, that actually moves the needle way more. Oh, and by the way, this brotherhood here of all the guys that were, that's way more important to us. If we never had another mentor and we kept that, everything would be fantastic, right? The bait yeah. and switch. Well, I do bait and switch. I mean, it's what you have to do to sell them in. I yeah. mean, this is our audience listening right now. So you guys yeah. understand. I, I, I show you that we get to shoot guns. I show you that we get to roll jujitsu. I show you that we get to go out in the mountains and rock and, and do cool things, yeah. make huge ass fires, jump in lakes, do really cool things. But really what I'm selling you is on a brotherhood. Yeah. Like you're, you're coming in and then you're understanding like, oh, yeah, that stuff's okay, but this is the real this deal. And you guys are doing the same thing. <laughs> That's it, man. So this is the stuff. You know, they, they're doing work. Every month it's a different theme, and they're doing work around all these different components of their lives. And sometimes they're like, yes, that's awesome. This is great. I've been crushing it, and this is just allowing me to crush it more. And sometimes they're going, oh, I needed the spotlight on this because I didn't realize how far – You know, so it's it's been great, man. So we've got the young man. We've got the man. We're going to launch the women's program here this year that's going to be much wow. of the same not led by myself or Tim, obviously, um, as we need, you know, we'll have good women leading that. And uh, we've got a home education tribe. We've got a couple hundred families that we lead through home education to, to show them how to educate well. Uh, and then we're, we've got a series of 100 campuses, K through 12 campuses for young men and young women uh, that we are partnering with people around the country and actually around the world to launch as well. And that feeds into my back. You know, I've launched a number of schools um, I've helped Tim, who's my business partner, Tim Kennedy, open open his, and, and he's my partner throughout all of this, uh, and it's just a phenomenal human. So we got a big mission, man, but um, it's it's, a, it's fantastic. Yeah, when you say Tim Kennedy, you drop it just like it's, you know, it, because he's your, you, you know him as a human, everybody else is like, what, the guy that's been on Joe Rogan? You mean the Dick, Tim yeah. Kennedy? You mean, Talking you know. In real life? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that guy's a human, by the way. <laughs> and he is, and by the way, what I love about him is he is one of the best humans mm. that I know, right? Everybody yeah. knows Tim is, you know, yeah, they know the wild guy that posts this funny stuff on social media. They know he's one of the most dangerous humans on the planet right? from a fighting standpoint, from a military standpoint. Like you can't, you can't deny that he's extraordinarily dangerous. Yes. Um, hey, by the way, he's one of the most intelligent humans I know. And I know a lot of really smart people. Um, he's one of the best dads I know. And I know a lot of really good dads. He's mm. one of the best husbands I know. And I know a lot of really good husbands. Um, he's a, he, he's a phenomenal human first, all those other things, you know, come after that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, uh, you wouldn't be doing these things if you didn't, you know, you right. can get a lot of hate for being in the spotlight and be like, oh, you're just using X, Y, and Z as a catalyst to build another business, but you wouldn't be starting a school. 
if it wasn't a sincere thing. And yeah. that's, that's where I didn't know about you. And you told me a little bit about your, your story, your story. And, you know, I was an educator for 13 years and I'm kind of like this anti public education. My kids still, my, my youngest is still in public education, much to my like disdain. Yeah. And, you know, but he's at the end of his journey and, uh, you, you told me your story. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you basically did what I did, but then you just went you just charged forward. And what I love is that you're like, look, this is what's wrong. This is what's, there's so many things wrong. And instead of just leaving and having your impact in another way, you're like, I'm leaving and I'm having my impact in a way that's going to directly influence what needs to be fixed in education. Yes, sir. I appreciate that greatly. Yeah. We've got, um, you know, we have a number of what we call rules in our house. It's a contract. It's a family contract that we all have. And, and, uh, one of those rules says, don't complain fix it. And so if it is something that is worth having a conversation about, it's worth saying, Hey, this needs to change. And you know, the proverbial, well, somebody should No, As soon as you say that, that means you should, you're personally responsible for making that change. Otherwise be quiet. If it's important enough to say something, then it's, it's beyond time that you do something. And so that's, you know, the way I looked at the way I looked at school, the way I looked at education, the way I have for a long time in your family, how old are your kids? 12, 10 and seven. How is that working with your 12, 10, and 7? Which piece? The rules or the schooling? Don't complain. Fix it. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I have trouble answering this question, and I'll tell you why. I get the, I get the honor of um, being on you know, usually five or six podcasts a week and, and having some great conversations with amazing human beings, and I do not take that for granted, man. It is an honor uh, and a privilege, and it is my job to show up and be as helpful uh, and service oriented as I can. Mm -hmm. There are certain things that I speak about sometimes that I know make people angry. And there are certain things that I speak about that I don't ever want to give the wrong impression. I don't want to give the impression that perfection is possible, that there's a panacea out there. None of those things are the case, but I will tell you this, my 12, 10 and seven year olds, am I jaded in this? Am I, am I biased? Obviously I also I also have worked with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of young people. They don't complain. They fix it. They, they lean in. They're, 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 uh, they're adults, man. And I don't say that like they don't have a childhood. I say that like they are at such peace up here for a number of different reasons. Um, but there's such peace that that exudes from them. The purpose exudes from them. The, the joy exudes. The drive exudes from them. Right. And I'm very, very proud of that. You know, as much as I am about anything and everything I've ever done, that goes to the top of the list, man. It's incredibly interesting. It's, it's funny that we kind of got to this place in this conversation so quick, because this week I was talking to somebody and a, a, a guy, and we were talking about disciplining kids. Mm -hmm. And there was, you know, that, that conversation can get interesting. Mm -hmm. And I was reflecting on my morning walk, how I can't remember one time spanking either of my boys. Mm -hmm. And I am like in this place where I, I, I was spanked when I grew up and mm -hmm. I, I seriously don't have an issue with it. I think it's, I think it's great. But why is that? It's because I never had to. And it's not because I have perfect kids. It's oh. because the, the foundations were so firm. Mm -hmm. And so what I've talked to the guys about is 
if they're, if the black and white is black and white, you're going to run, they're going to try and see where that line is. Mm-hmm. And you, I think you'll agree with me on this. Like, right. They're going to see at young age where they can push up into that line. How far over that line can I go and succeed? And if I tell parents, if you go through the hell of holding that line very early on, mm-hmm. you're going to be blown away as they get older and older. That's uh, right. And guys are like, no, you're just lucky. I'm like, no, you know what? So no, there's a lot of hard yeah. work. It's like you're lucky that you're in shape. It's just like you're lucky that you have <laughs> – just like you're lucky, right? Like it's it. Yeah, that is um, – You know, I love what Camus says. There's always a philosophy for a lack of courage, and I do call people out on that. And it's Ooh. also not trendy to um, say – it's trendy. If I was to take my shirt off and show people that at 43 I still have a six-pack, right? Then people mm-hmm. would be like, oh, sweet, man. It's cool. Here you go. If I was to go you know, show people – a bank account and be like, look at all this. Or be like, Oh dude, cool. I get on and I go, Hey man, guess what? I've worked so hard. And my wife has worked so hard to make a truly happy, joyful, driven family where we don't have kids that fight with us or really fight with each other or like talk back or all the standard hard things. We've worked so hard. People would be like, Okay, dude, you know, like people will get like, it's not cool to say that you've got great kids, great family, and that you've worked really hard at that. And that's a weird place that we are in society, man, but I don't care because that's the reality. And I want it to be the reality for other people. And the don't complain, fix it. Your boys are doing it or your your kids are doing it because you've modeled it. And that's, that's like, if you aren't living the things that you're talking about, you're, you're just you're wasting your time. You're wasting your space. Why do my teen boys, my higher aged teen boys work out without anybody telling them? Why do they go spend an hour and a half in the garage gym? And then I come out and they are like ripped because they've been pumping so hard and they're sweating and no one asked them to do it. It's because my wife and I, my wife led from this early on it are like every freaking day we're out there doing work. Bingo. And so- baseline normal right i always say exactly they will do what you do before they do what you say you know and actually tito my friend tito ortiz put a uh, put it on a a placard um he actually has that up in his house because the reality is we have to lead by example for every single bit of this now here's where this gets powerful for anybody listening that's got especially if you have young kids and you're trying to set this foundation right now but so you're leading by example right and if you have everything is a we do versus a I do to you, right? Like, no, no, this is what the Bodros do. Bodros are physically fit. Bodros treat other people well. Bodros do not lie, including to themselves, especially, right? Bodros, like we have that set and it's a, a we do. Now, when it's a we do, the minute I blow it as the leader of the household, the minute I screw up and I go against one of those we do's, my kids can respectfully go, hey, dad, look over there. Rule number eight says, and it kind of looks like you're bucking that. What's going on? And I've got to go, hmm, you're right. Let me correct this. Because what that does is it shows them I mean it when I say that. And I trust them as my co-travelers on this journey to call me out on this too. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we really, And so now that trust, that bond just got tightened and strengthened. So that when I say later, this is what Bodros do, they're like, yep, he lives it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, 
I, I wanted to kind of point out, I wanted to hear what you do, how you do it, because I think a lot of guys will listen to this and be, well, they're just born that way, or it's in your right. DNA. And I'm like, no, dude, it's worked out. And I love that you have that, that mutual, like, I can call you out on things respectfully, of course, yep. but you know, that takes humility. <laughs> And that's a place that a lot of men have a lot of work to get to. That's the whole do as I say, not as I do. That's called being a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. I don't roll like that. I don't ever want my kids to see me roll like that because, again, that means they're likely to be that person as they get older. You're just perpetuating these ridiculous cycles just because that's the way, you know, because of of some stupid ego trip. Like, no, man, we got to get around that. And people ask all the time how I discipline my kids. That is a question I get often when they meet them. How do you discipline them, right? And what I always tell them is, I honestly, I don't discipline them. I teach them to be disciplined humans. That's a different thing. You just nailed it. I think that's really kind of what, it's really hard for people. Your kids don't get in trouble. I'm like, you know, sometimes they're a little, they go through their their stages and we have to set things very straight, sure. but it's, it's one and done. It's literally a one and done. It's because we've worked on that discipline area, that area of where they are disciplined in the way that they are acting and the way that they are presenting themselves. So speaking of don't complain, fix it. You were in education. You had your aha moment of, I can't fix this from the inside, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of speed the story up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that aha moment came after a lot of experience and a lot of curiosity. Um, and what I mean by that is experience at every level, working at Stanford, working in public schools, working in private schools, working as a teacher, working as an administrator. So I saw all of the every side of the game, but I was curious enough to keep asking why. And and to be honest, I was an HR nightmare in every single one of those scenarios because I <laughs> continuously asked why. Right. I was what I called creatively insubordinate in every single one of those. And that was, you know, part of that was God being like, hey, by the way, you're not designed. You personally aren't designed to work for somebody else. I you're can relate not- to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it's like, you're not going to do it. Dude. You might as well go over here and just, you know, don't be a douchebag and get rid of an ego and like, let's roll. So I was curious enough to dive in to go, okay, well, why do we do it this way? The world's changing. Why hasn't this? Why do we, why does this seem to not connect? Why, 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 why? And I was brave enough. And this isn't a pat on the back. This is a call to action for other parents and other people. Be curious enough to ask the questions and be brave enough to go look for the answers. Because if you find an answer that bucks the status quo, that bucks the trend, what stops people from moving forward in a new direction is not usually, you know, a desire or a lack of information or a lack of understanding it is their emotional tie to what's going to unravel if they start going the other way, yeah. right? As soon as I make a different decision, this person's going to be mad at me. What are my parents going to say? What are the neighbors going to think? They're going to think I'm not a good parent. What is this person? You start going down that rabbit hole and all of a sudden the price is too much to pay. And I just, I can't live like that. So once I realize why school looks the way it does, who designed it, what they designed it for, you know, the fact that it is wildly disconnected from, you know, you're really good at school doesn't mean anything about life. Uh, it's not the same game. Like once I put all these pieces together, man, then it was, it was time to make a decision to either acquiesce, get out or do something about it. And so, yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that very well. My son, 
my 19 year old now, he, a year and a half ago, he, he called me up to his room. He was a senior and he's like, dad, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and I don't want to do anything. I just want, how do you become an entrepreneur? That was the question. Yeah. He's like, how do I do what you're doing? And I looked at him, I'm like, man, a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. a lot of trial and error and a lot of risk mm-hmm. and, and then just an inordinate amount of work. Yep. And fast forward, he applied to one school for uh, like a very, like a world-class trombone position. And he had, he's like, that's the only reason I'm going to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. It's, I want to see if I can do it. And he, he got, he got first runner up or whatever you call it, you know, first loser. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's, and he, he sat my wife and I down. He said, I'm not going to college just to go to college. I am going to do something else. I'm going to learn from the real world. I am not paying somebody to do something that doesn't mean anything to me, but here's where I'm getting with this. It is, there is not a week that goes by that he or, and, or us don't get a, why aren't you in college? Where are you going next year? How's the gap year going? Well, it's, and, and so we're bucking the system and it's incredibly uncomfortable because I am, I mean, I have my master's degree. My wife has her doctorate's degree and we're like, yeah, screw that. If he doesn't, if he doesn't want to be a teacher, uh, an attorney or a doctor or one of these things, like why? And, and we, we look at, we look in the face of these people and they're in 100% bewilderment. They, you can yeah. see the disappointment, you yes. can see the judgment sure. and, and I imagine that's what was happening to you. This, when you, when you go against the system, you, you're making a hard decision to live a hard existence of judgment from that moment on. That's right. But I'm proud of him because he's, he's seen us do that. He's seen us buck the system. I'm like, yeah. screw you. I have a master's degree. I hate this system. I'm out of here. Yeah. And, um, and so he's living that, which I, I, Got to give him huge kudos. Yeah. How, how has this been? Because you just went and created your own thing. Yep. It's been awesome. <laughs> um, and, and I'll tell you, you know, and part of why it's been awesome, I'm going to tell you why, is, is because there is uh, freedom and sovereignty are, are the two things that I really believe education should be for. And when I say education, I know Socrates says the beginning of wisdom is the definition of terms. When I say education, people are going to think school. I'm not talking about school. That's actually the opposite of education uh, in, in a lot of ways. Education means to draw out, to, you know, to uh, continuously grow for, for lack of a better definition. So, and I believe it should be for sovereignty and freedom. But the, the, the caveat there when we use those words is that you don't ever reach sovereignty or freedom until you've reached it up here in between the ears first, right? And so... What has been the best thing about going forward and building? I had a why that was very strong. I was putting my own children somewhere. And so I wanted it to look like I wanted it to look. It needed to look like I thought it would. And then, by the way, I want to help as many other families that see this right now too, right? So that was that. But in the process of all of the like, oh, you're a crazy person. Oh, uh, obviously you hate teachers, right? All of the steel man arguments and ad hominems that come out because people can't wrap their mind around the fact that you just left their religion. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity to continuously have to battle that into my head to where I had to make peace with what I was doing and make peace with the fact that 
most people aren't going to understand that. And as I made peace with that, the level of freedom and sovereignty that I experienced from that part alone is well worth the price to pay, you know, and, and I looked at it at one point, I remember reading, you know, whether people are read the Bible, don't read the Bible, believe in the Bible, don't believe that's not, that's a completely different conversation. But I remember, you know, reading about people being taken out of, you know, the Israelites being taken out of slavery, being brought out of Egypt, they're brought into the desert, they're given somebody to lead them, God himself is right there with them. And it's not very long before they're like, hey, man, by the way, God, you're a little too loud. Um, so can you stop it? And this is ridiculous. We're going to go ahead and get this golden calf back out, right? So I'm right. I can go, okay, God himself is right there getting disrespected for pulling people out of their slavery, their religious system. Dude, I'm just, Matt Bodro is nobody. So of course I'm going to get that. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. I'm yeah. good. Yep. It, it, I love going back to those bi- biblical foundations because – People fall, they will go back into enslavement. I love that. They yeah. will choose enslavement over unknown, even when it's sitting yeah. right. And the truth yes. is sitting right on top known of them. slavery over unknown freedom all day, every day for them. It's a disorder. It's a, I don't disorder. It's a disease of our it's, culture. It for sure it is. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your schools. I, I, I am seriously interested i i tell you this very carefully <laughs> if i were if my if it were 10 years earlier right now and i was talking to you mm-hmm. we would be having serious talk conversations about me starting a school yeah cuz from what i've heard before so why don't you tell us a little bit and then we'll move forward yeah for sure man i appreciate that we um you know i, I got to launch my first series of schools and help entrepreneurs launch my first series underneath the Acton Academy umbrella. And without going too far into the history, Acton actually started as an MBA program first and then developed kind of this K through 12. And I'm a huge fan. I'm still big friend. You know, I'm still friends with uh, a lot of the owners in the network and help people. And I launched many, many campuses under that umbrella. Um, and, and, you know, the big thing with that is it was a very much a Socratic a Socratic environment. We're teaching young people how to think, not what to think, uh, how to communicate, how to articulate things, how to be okay with the fact that some people are going to articulate something that was different than their own beliefs. And hey, guess what? That's actually okay. It's called civil discourse. We can do that. Adults can't really, but we are, we should be able to. So we were very big on that. They were very project based, but not like, um, you know, here's a microscope and here's no project, meaning you're going to start a business. You're going to, you're going to take it into the, to the market you're going to see if you make any money and you're going to reflect and you're either going to take that business into perpetuity, or you're going to start something else. Like you're actually going to do real world work. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to build a city. We're going to give you a very general description. You're going to build a city out of, you have to do part of it out of Legos. You have to do part of it out of cardboard. You got to do part of it out of wood, hammer nails. You got to do part of it, 3d printing. And then you're going to run electricity to the entire thing. And we're going to bring a bunch of people in. You're going to flip a switch and we got to have the whole thing light up. Let's see what happens, right? We're not worried about grades. We're worried about doing. Um, and then they're taking on responsibilities around the campus. They're the ones that are cleaning. They're the ones that are cooking food for everybody else. They're the ones that are helping instruct youngers. Like they're taking on massive responsibility, taking on internships, taking on apprenticeships. It is a microcosm of the real world because guess what? When they live there, they when they leave there, they're going to the real world. We want it to look the same. I know that's a wild concept, right? School doesn't look like the rest of the world and that's a problem. So we make it look like that, but 
the reason Tim and I decided to do this hundred school launch here under the Apogee umbrella is there's a couple things that we didn't have the freedom to do over there that we wanted to change. And we wanted to put our own spin on it. The physical fitness component is a huge piece for us. So making physical fitness a priority for the young heroes matters. Um, We also very much believe that the parents need to be going on an educational journey as well for all the reasons we already were talking about here on this show. And so our campuses are going to really be rooted in education for the entire family um, and physical fitness, again, you know, being a giant component of that. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting, man. It's where we're going and we're partnering with good humans to bring these to their communities. Yeah, it sounds incredible. That is when, when you told me, well, we're bringing the parents in, it was like, that light bulb that was, you know, it's there. I already know that this is part of the problem, you know, or actually the top of the, the top of the problem. And so it's fixing the entire ecosystem rather than one and expecting it to like kind of move outside on its own, which is not realistic. Correct. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly it. That's what we're doing, man. So we've got, we've got, Hundreds of people right now that are that are putting in kind of this first step of the audition, and that's where look, you know, people have said, "Well, what what part of the country first? Or where are you guys focusing? Or we're focusing on the right people." Yeah, and wherever that you know lands, that lands to start, um, but it's the right people first. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, because this is the this is the element in which everything could go crazy. Is if you have a rogue someone who wants to put their own spin on it that doesn't fit within the mission core values. Correct. And that's yeah. exactly what it is, right? It's like, we got to, we got to fit into that mission and we have to, you know, everybody under the Apogee umbrella maintains a very specific code. Um, we always talk about it. We live by a code and, and that code of, you know, honor and integrity and loyalty and compassion and, um, you know, politeness and all of those things matter. And uh, it's a not, that is the non-negotiable for every, and that's our young men's program, our men's program, the, the home, it like, doesn't matter if you're under this umbrella, you live by this code or we will go ahead and, and cordially part ways. Yeah. Tell me you dealing with the, let's start with the, the men's program. You know, you see that a hundred, hundreds of men's they go, I think they go through our hundreds of men. They go through a year of this sure. process. Right. In what, is there a specific area or hang up where you see the most breakthrough with these men? It's a really good question. So I'll speak to it from being where we are now, meaning the first class started January 1st of 2023, Mm. right? So the first class is in month eight. Uh, Class two is in month five and class three is currently in month um, two. And so, you know, and our next class launch was launched quarterly. So our next one will come in October, right? So I can speak to it as much as up to uh, the eighth month. The two biggest breakthroughs I can really see is one, again, these guys figure out, hold on a second, we've got the mentors that are way over here and we thought this was going to be the thing, but wait, the projects and challenges are moving it, wait, the brotherhood's even better and hold on a second, what we have them doing on a daily basis, right? We've gamified the entire thing. So they get points for mentors, they get points for books, they get points for the workouts, they get points for the projects and challenges, and they get points for the daily. And the daily points very much outweigh everything else in the totality of the year. And what they're realizing is that, hold on a second, these things, small, seemingly small things done consistently are moving the needle 
far beyond, including in our relationships, because some of them are relationship based that you're doing on a daily basis, like this in and of itself. And it's simple. It's not easy. It's simple. They're going, oh my gosh, that's moving the needle more than anything else, right? So that's the, that's one of the biggest ones. And then I think specifically too, for the men, one of the things we've seen now in two classes, because month five, we have a very specific focus on our marriage and on our relationship. Again, it's a focus from day one. All of these things are a focus from day one, but it's, that's the month that we really have a specific focus on it. And we've got two things that are happening. One, we have wives that are reaching out and going, okay, this this has changed everything. It saved our marriage. Um, like, and we have them reaching out literally in month one and month two saying that too, right? So we have that, but we also have some of the relationships where the wives in that month get pissed. Oh, I can imagine. They get pissed because they're like, hey, where was this dude before? And so because I haven't seen this guy before, I don't believe you. It's exactly what I've heard over and over and over again is the women will be either like all over their husbands because they're seeing these changes. But I'm curious if you've seen the same thing. They will be all over them like – but why, the guys are like, this is awesome. My wife loves me again. She's like all over me. And then all of a sudden you get the football stiff arm and it's because they're realizing, wait a minute, this is a fluke. This is not my husband. What have you done? They don't believe you. Yeah. So I, it, it, have you seen that? Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. So some guys are like, dude, this is the hardest month and it's only gotten harder. I've like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, yep, for sure. So yeah. she's she's waiting to see if this guy is going to continue to show up. Right. So that's now that's your choice. Now the ball's in your court, man. You show up, show up like that or you don't. The the biggest changes I've made in my life and they've been massive have been the daily small disciplines. People, how do you have like a three hour morning routine? And I'm like, look, look, a three hour morning routine. It may not be for you. This I'm lucky. I'm, I'm self-employed. I can do that. Because I started with a five-minute thing I needed really badly. Mm-hmm. And then it was easy to add another five-minute thing and extend mm-hmm. that other thing to 10 minutes. And then I was able to work this in. Super small daily steps led to massive growth. When someone says, how did you achieve overnight success? Five years of really small steps. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, bingo. It's the intentionality over the long haul. That's what it is. And most men go both. They, they, they fail on both of those. They're not intentional and they don't play chess versus checkers. They're like, what's right now versus what's right. And it's, and that's the killer. You know, I posted something a little while back and something about the farm and somebody's like, well, yeah, it must be nice for you, man. Cause you know, you got a farm and you got your kids at home and you got your own business. It must be nice. I'm like, you know what? It is really nice. It really is. It absolutely is nice. And, and I pictured these kind of things. You know, when I lived in my car, when I was in my, uh, you know, in my early 20s, I pictured these things when I had to go put all the groceries back on the shelf when I didn't have any money. I pictured these things when my wife was taking care of our first baby um, and she wasn't working and I was only making $31,000 that year. And by the way, we lived in California. Yeah, this is when I pictured these things and I've worked endlessly and tirelessly to make sure. So, yes, this is nice. And I want it to be that nice for you, too. Yeah. 
And and did, do you get a lot of guys that come into the program and just want to make all the changes up front? They, it's like, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Give me the shortcut. I'm I'm willing to do all the work right now. Uh-huh. And and that's a crash and burn. They, it never works. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't work out if they're not going to fix the mentality. So what we do actually is when the guys first come in. We actually start with their own psychology is the first thing we do. They're coming in and they're like, okay, I want to be a better dad. All right, man, let's go. I want to be a better husband. I'm like, cool. Let's be a different version of you first. Um, we actually need to start with the psychology first because um, that is that is the only place. We're going to start with the psychology of you and then we're going to dive into your habits and your time management and your energy management and your focus because we're not just going to eliminate all the bad habits that got you to where you are. We actually have to replace them. And, you know, so it's, we start there first before we start getting to anything else tactically. Um, and the guys that embrace that and set that foundation are crushing it. And the guys yeah. that are like, no, 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 no. Those are the same guys that I say, you know, you're the guy that's going to want to buy the pill to, to get a six pack. You're the same guy that's going to want to, you know, buy this, buy this course and attend this seminar for 24 hours. And you're going to make, you know, you got $10,000 coming by the end of the month. Like you're that guy and it's not going to work. I have, a, I have a gentleman that I, I work with, I mentor, and he's he was telling me he was really struggling with doing this journaling thing and this thing that this coach is telling him and, and then the meditation and this things. And I, and I stopped. I said, so do you know who you are? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what do you mean? I mean, if I were to strip work away from you right now, mm-hmm. do you know who you are? Would you still be the same man? He's like, and you just saw this look on, I just saw this look on his face. Mm-hmm. I said, you're going to, all the journaling and all of the, the, the guru habits, they're there for a reason. They're incredibly important. But until we fix this foundation of mm-hmm. you knowing who you are and why you're do, doing these things, you're not going to find your North Star. Bingo you're not going to be able to step into that next level. That's why there's so much friction. It's like, I told him, I said, you're trying to get to the other side. 10, 10 meters away is your, your purpose. Mm-hmm. But between you and that is quicksand. And you're trying to get through the, you're trying to, you know, walk through the quicksand to get there, but you got to, you got to put a bridge over that thing first. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've seen over and over and over again. And I think a lot of guys are really stuck in identity crises. They don't really know what their identity is. They're trying to absorb other people's purposes. Correct. And so how, how do you guys handle that when, when guys are coming in like, and they will literally adopt your purpose and your desire and your structure, how, how do you keep out of that cycle of really kind of leading them down a road that's yours, not theirs? Yeah, it's a really good question, man. And what we talk about is, is we tell them that they've got to play their game, but we've, we've got a game for them to play. So what I mean by that is we'll say, look, we've got a roadmap and the roadmap leans into how men are designed. Men do not think their way into new ways of acting. And that's what you're talking about a lot of times too, is they think their way, they're going to consume the next book. They're going to listen to the next podcast. They're going to, you know, they're going to repeat all the right phrases, right? What am I supposed to say right now? What's popular? I'm supposed to say, go one more. I'm supposed to say, stay hard. I'm supposed to say, keep hammering. I'm supposed to say discipline equals freedom. Um, And as long as I tell somebody else that every single day, man, I'm kicking ass. Cool, man. What did you actually do? Right? So we're not designed to think our way into new ways of acting. We are designed to act our ways into new ways of thinking. That's how men work. So what I tell our men 
is that we have laid out a roadmap for you. Now, this roadmap is not Matt and Tim think this is cool. No, the roadmap is in every one of these categories, we're looking to who are considered to be the ninjas in these categories. What are things they're suggesting we tackle? And the whole point of it, gentlemen, is not so that you are all doing the same thing that we are telling you. It's so that you learn to now create your own roadmap. You learn to create your game by playing this game. You learn by the fundamentals of playing basketball, you learn to put your spin on it, right? Michael Jordan's game was not the same as Magic's game, was not the same as Larry's game. Their game was all different, but they were playing the same overall game. They all started with the same fundamentals. So gentlemen, we're starting with the same fundamentals here, but you're going to have to figure out how you're going to play your game. And again, it starts with, What is your psychology? What is your ideal version? So that first month we're diving into Plato has this uh, Plato had uh, the concept of the forms and it was his version of the ideals. So we're going, okay, you're going to build out your alter egos. What, what does the ideal husband look like as Scott, like Scott's version of the ideal husband. That can't be my version of the ideal husband. One, because you and I are different humans Two, we're married to different people, right? So like that inherently right there just blows the whole thing out of proportion. So you've got to figure out what's your ideal husband look like? How does he show up? What's your ideal version of the dad? What's your ideal version of the guy that's at work? What's your ideal version of the guy that's in the gym? Who does each one of these guys draw inspiration from, right? Napoleon Hill's concept of a board of directors for each one of these categories. Mm-hmm. We're building these out. We're talking about psychological tricks of how do you get into that mindset, What does that guy look like? Let's get a visual. What does he speak like? What does he dress like? How does he show up? So that eventually we can make this a habit to what he thinks like, right? And so it's, we're all doing the same thing, but it's your version of the game. And that's why we start there and then go cool into the, what is the, what is his schedule now? What is his chief definite aim for the year? And what is his schedule and what are his habits? Cause we have to replace the old habits with the new ones. That's why. So that first those first couple of months, man, it's a lot of internal work before we ever start doing anything else relationally. And again, the guys that put in that work and own the individuality in there are the ones that crush it. Yeah. I Something kind of came up to, came to mind while you were talking and that was, um, and it, it's kind of a side kind of a side trip here, but agree or disagree. Mm. Making money for your family is providing for them. I agree that it's a part of it, but I agree that words matter, right? And providing means sovereignty and freedom in all of these other areas. So it is a component, um, but it is not the totality by any stretch. Okay. In my mind. A lot of, I, I've just seen a lot of guys really, they're like, I'm working so hard to provide for my family. And the question I'm always asked is, well, what are you providing? Yeah. And, and, and we're, I've seen this patterns. I've talked about this a lot on the podcast and I did the same thing. My very first child comes along. What do I do? I start my very first business. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen this pattern, but this is an incredibly strong pattern in men. They will start a side hustle. They'll change and they'll go do another career. They'll do another job. And I've kind of tried to pull the pieces back. And I think what happens is we bring a new life in and we're like, Mm. oh crap, I need to provide more money. I need to provide a better a better living for my family. And then that's misconstrued. And what that equates to is spending an inordinate amount of times working to earn money instead of working to provide emotional, physical, 
and protection. Yep, totally. And yeah. So anyway, totally. they, they replace one problem with another. Yeah, you're right. So what, what I tell you guys, you know, you're looking for leverage, right? So you're looking for, you're looking for a foundation that provides you with leverage. There's no such thing. Oh man, if I had more time, cool. Let's go ahead and look at it logically. Scott Ramage has the same amount of time as Matt Bodreau, who has the same amount of time as Tim Kennedy, who has the same amount of time as Elon Musk, who has the same amount of time, right? The list goes on and on. We all have the same amount of time. We have different leverage points. We have different mm-hmm. things where my five minutes of something is is more impactful than than somebody else's five minutes. My hour is more impactful than somebody else's hour. And there's other people whose hour is more impactful than mine. And when I look at all the different categories of our life, I'm looking for how do we set that foundation so that there's leverage there. My, you know, the the, the 20 minutes, the, the the one hour, the three hours, whatever it is that I spend with my kids every day, whatever that looks like, I can tell you right now because, hey, I lived it, it is more intentional and impactful than an entire month that I would spend with my dad. Right. Right. There was yeah. just not the relationship wasn't there. There was no leverage there. So there was, it wasn't, it was a net negative on that side, but for them, right. It's setting that. So every bit of our life can be looked at that way. How do we optimize that and give ourselves the most leverage possible in every one of those areas? That's how you provide the best. That's so misunderstood because there's guys like, how do you, how can you work a lot and still, I'm like, it's not, it's not quality or quantity over quality. That's a, are you really, okay, you spent four hours at the park with your kid. Are you really all there? Mm -hmm. Would it maybe have been more impactful to spend 15 minutes with them at the park engaged, like fully engaged, not thinking about anything else than the four hours sitting on the swing, looking at your phone and kind of following around like a little robot, like tell me which one is more impactful. And we have this misalignment of I'm always there. And it's like, well, good for you. You are physically, but there's no intentionality on a deeper level than that. And, and like that is, I think that really moves the really move. Same with your spouse. That's right. Yeah, that's right. It's every single one of these categories. We can start looking at that. And so same thing on the work side, how do I work? less time and make more money. Like that's, those are real conversations. How do I do that? How do I lessen the hours and, and increase my income? Like when you start thinking in those kinds of terms, you start looking at things vastly differently and look, it's oh, the way yeah. the world works, man. Right. So I remember being at a, um, at a conference. So I, you know, while I was building out the schools, I was speaking, speaking was how I made the majority of my income speaking on stages to, to companies all over the world. And so I got to speak at a lot of great events, a lot of great organizations that everybody would know. And I got to speak with a lot of really cool people at different points too. And I remember going to a speakers conference. It was a national speakers association, right? The biggest speakers association conference. And I went there because there was a few speakers who were like, Hey, we're all meet there, but we go outside. We don't actually attend the event. And I'm like, Oh, interesting. why do you not attend the event? And they're like, well, because 90, it was like 98% of people who say speaking is their career make $30,000 or less a year speaking. Well, all of us made that in an hour or right. right in an hour on an hour talk. So it's like we got there to network and talk about these other things. And, and again, that doesn't mean, it just means we've figured out how to use more leverage because we're speaking the same hour as somebody else. And by the way, I spoke at an event that I got paid it was like $28,000 to speak for an hour. And I was great until I realized Gary Vaynerchuk got paid 150. <laughs> it's like, but you know what? Cool. He's created the leverage to where he can do that. 
good for him. We both just spent an hour of our time and his was five times the, you know, he had five times the leverage as I did. Great. That's awesome. He's earned that. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought this up. We're moving a little more into the entrepreneurial journey. Like I, I encourage men and I do this. I always know what my EHR is, my earned hourly rate. Mm-hmm. I know if I spend 20 hours a week on average doing this and I make this much a year and you divide it by X, you get, you get how much your hourly rate is real. And that means if I'm sitting at the TV with my family and I'm working, that's actually counted time. Right. And I have gamified that to where never move backwards. If I'm a hundred dollars an hour EF or EHR next quarter, I better be like at 102 or 105. And the whole goal. And, but, but it's the work harder, not smarter thing that I see happening with a lot of men trying to enter the entrepreneurial zone where they're like, but no one does it as good as me. Um, I can't uh, like, are you the product? If you are the product and there's no way to duplicate or actually raise your value, you have, you bought yourself a job. That's exactly what you did. You bought yeah. yourself a job. You know, that's, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And every other task that you're doing, you've got to now compare to that EHR, right? And go, okay, yeah. what is the, qual- like, if this job right here, if my EHR is $100 an hour, but this job right here, I can outsource for $25 an hour, then it's, a, it's easy math. Yeah. You outsource it so that you can spend the time doing things that are going to give you more leverage that are going to drive that EHR up. It's exactly right. The CEO of McDonald's doesn't go down in there and flip burgers. And it's nothing against the people that are flipping burgers, but you can't work on the business when you're in the business. Yeah. Right. And so the CEO never shows up until you you outsource all of those things. That's and you're the CEO of every single component of your life, not just right. the work side. Again, you're the CEO of your marriage. You're the CEO of your relationship with your kids. You're the CEO of your fitness. You're the CEO of your finances. Like every single thing we do, we can look at that way and try to be intelligent about it. We haven't talked a lot. It, absolutely. Like I could go on that, on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's my business. But uh, we haven't talked a lot about the youth program and, mm-hmm. What I tell men, what I'm, I'm very strong about, you are not raising kids. If you're raising kids, you're doing things wrong. You're raising future adults. You're raising future successful adults. So everything you do now is going to shape how they provide mm-hmm. and lead in society. How mm-hmm. are you creating future adults through your, your youth program? Yeah, it's a great way to look at it, man. It's funny that we have to remind people that kids are people, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. It's funny. I'm like, hey, they're not practicing to be people. They're people with less practice, right? That's yeah. all it is. They, these are people. So, you know, we are, uh, we're, we're getting back to um, what I call the factory setting. So we take a look at the DNA design of the human being. There's a, a, there is a factory setting that actually like health and joy and purpose and hard work. And those, that's actually the factory setting, man. And so what we're doing with these young guys is really working to do. So you have to do it from both sides. And Frederick Douglass said it's easier to build strong children than it is to fix broken men. And I very much believe that's the case, but we need to make sure other people are helping us to build and break down the stuff that's getting in the way. So for these young guys, right, we're giving them again, projects, challenges, readings, putting them in front of these mentors, all this positive stuff and all this action to take. That's the biggest, one of the biggest things for these guys is there's got to be action for them to take. They've got to be so busy moving themselves forward that it's easier to stay away from the distractions because that's the other part is addition by subtraction. It's how do we mitigate the negative influences too? How do we get them out of doing the things that are wasting their time you know, all the video games, all the, like, what are these distractions that we can get rid of? 
So we're constantly balancing the, you need, here's more to do. Here's another challenge for you. Um, here's something else to tackle this week. You're going to go do these, you know, three other interviews this week where you're interviewing other CEOs. Like it's that and distracting these things. So again, we're just establishing a very high baseline or reminding them that their ability hasn't changed. You know, 1944 was the first time the word teenager came into existence. Hmm. Most people don't realize that it was just congrats. You're an adult, like 13 year old, go live on your own, go get married, go get freaking go into war. Like they were doing this. Our DNA hasn't changed, man. Our expectations have changed. Right. Right. So we're just raising those expectations again and then filling out their schedule so that they're getting after that. It's just the baseline normal. We're trying to raise that baseline every single day. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I have conversations with my 15 year old almost daily about failures mm-hmm. and everything that I, I ask them a lot, like, how did your day go? And I ask for specifics and then I'm like, so how could we have handled that better? Or what can you do in that situation to help it? Or here's what I did that was wrong. Here's what we should do. We, we dumbed down our youth completely. Why do you think they're the average marriage or yeah. Age of marriage for gen or, you know, whatever generation millennials is like 30 something like, because they don't know how to be an adult. Right. And they're wearing shirts that say, I hate adulting or adulting badly. I'm like, dude, it's not a thing you do. It's who you are. Bingo. (laughs) We've made it. We have made it unattractive to be an adult too, right? So culturally speaking, you have adults that are, well, they're out of shape. They're not happy in their relationships. They don't like their jobs. They don't understand how to have a a civil conversation. They're always playing a this side versus this side. Like they're acting like fools. So we've made it unattractive to be an adult. So now they're scared. So they are, they're pushing that out and they're, they're, you know, getting all these milestones later. It's to everybody's detriment, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that you're doing that program. I mean, I'm, we, we barely scratch the surface, but I guarantee you that there's so much happening in there that you haven't even talked about so many breakthroughs, so many advancements, mm-hmm. so many repairing of relationships, probably between parents and their kids who yep. are going through this. Um, and I just think that that work is, is incredible. You know, I've focused so much I focused so much on youth early and now I focus so much on men and you really challenged me because you you asked me to talk to your younger group. And I was like, I'm scared to death. Mm -hmm. I, this used to be my primary audience. And now my brain is at a place where I don't want to talk to them. Like I used to, I want to talk to them. Well, I did. I actually did, but I want to elevate them up here. Like, like we should be dealing with adults who are crushing it. That's right. In 10 years, and they are just repeating what they learned and bringing it in earlier. Bingo. And you're going to meet, you're going to meet young men that are crushing it right now. Like that's what you're going to meet. Right. And we'll make it, we'll make it easy on you because they're going to, we're going to come in and you and I'll chat and talk about your story. And then they'll actually ask better questions than I will. (laughs) That's amazing. Very easy for you to engage in that conversation because they will. Um, in many ways, they'll step in and lead it. Like it, it's That's really cool. Fantastic, man. You're going to enjoy yeah. the out of it. Truly. It, it's really cool. So I want you, I want to give you an opportunity. One for me as a, this guy who's been doing this podcast for, you know, four years, whatever it's been, I want guys to go into your program. That's I want them to push their kids there into your program. I want them to look at schools that are, you know, if they don't have the opportunity to engage in your schools, I want them to look for alternative resources. 
So it's Apogee Strong. That's kind of the umbrella that everything lives under. Yeah, that's the umbrella. Um, We're going to do a better job on the tech side. We've been very fire aim ready. We've got landing pages over here and over there. So we're getting them all you know, out under the same umbrella, but apogeestrong.com is the young men's, um, currently is the young men's. That's where everything ultimately will be is under that website. Um, apogeestrongdads.com is for the men. Okay. Um, and yeah, anybody that's interested on the school side, either learning more or potentially partnering, uh, they can, act, they can email me directly, man, just Matt at apogeestrong.com. I'm glad to have the conversation and help. Yeah, that's rad. We we need people. We need men plugging into what you got because we need this for our society. We need this for our culture. We need this for our country. Yes, sir. Agreed yeah. all the way around, man. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your experience with the audience. And uh, now they know how to get a hold of you, which is brilliant. I really appreciate it, brother. Honor is mine. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from the Brotherhood of Fatherhood.